0: Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artisan food makers, farmers, authors, and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious.
1: A very good weekend to you, food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio, and a very happy new year to you. To all the best in 2023. I thank you for continuing to listen. My 20th year on the radio and still loving it. If you love to cook or love to eat, I've always said we can definitely be friends. And I hope that you'll take your cooking skills to the next level this year just by tuning in. We have lots on our plate today to kick off the year deliciously because this show continues to bring you fresh ingredients, recipes, and kitchen wisdom from chefs and authors, experts, and artisans. And if you're looking to load your plate with ideas and recipes that are easy to make and hard not to love, well, then I have tasty recipes that call for loads of fresh ingredients. Sometimes I like to sneak in some primo prepared stuff to make things fast and easy. But if you have adventurous taste, if you want to spice up your life, well, then this show is for you. I am about to do a major revamp release on chefjamie.com, but I hope you'll check it out for recipes, resources, videos, and more. And please become a friend and a fan on social at Chef Jamie Gwen, where you will find my daily dish. All right. This happens to be one of my favorite shows of the year. One, I love a fresh start. And two, I love... A prediction. I do. I love statistics and food history and numbers of eggs consumed a year. Hot dogs too. But each year, at the end of a year, analysts spend a lot of time compiling data and insights into a trends prediction for the following year. And so far over the past couple of years, we've weathered a pandemic, no doubt, but more than ever, we are all thinking about ways to recover, right? And to find joy through food if you are a fabulous food lover. So, I did copious amounts of research at the end of last year And I added my own insight and predictions, and I drilled down the data to bring you some food trends that will be everywhere in 2023. Now, you're going to see a continuing move toward healthier eating, more plant-based everything on a global scale, and pureness and flavor-packed taste will definitely resonate in the kitchen in 2023. At least that's what is predicted, I should say. But this is specifically what we'll be eating and drinking and whipping up this year. So here goes. My top food trend predictions for 2023. Number one, the deli meat of the year is mortadella. Oh, I am so happy about this. I can't even tell you. It has been long banished as a deli meat that's laden with fat, right? But the Italians have always preserved its dignity. Well, it's making its way into meatballs and on top of pizza and on charcuterie boards once again, and it represents nostalgia. I love it in a sandwich or on a board and even thick cut and fried, they're saying mortadella could become the next spam. Okay, bring it on. Number two in my top food trends for 2023, private dining is on the rise and it'll be hard to get in because post-COVID, restaurant lovers and private club fans want to be together again, but they don't want to be with just anybody. So there has been a boom in member clubs and private restaurants. It's happening in New York, London, Amsterdam, Miami, Chicago, LA, you name it, look for it. Number three on the trend report, all hail the pistachio. The pistachio will be the nut of the year. We're seeing more and more pistachios on menus, uh, pistachios replacing pine nuts in pesto. I don't mean to boast, but I've done that for a long time. You're going to see pistachios in inventive Mexican moles uh, with cheese as a filling for pasta or tortellini combined with cardamom for pastries. Pistachio is going to be big. Number four on the trend report for this year, pick up is the new delivery. Did you know that you can save 30 to sometimes 50% if you order online and pick up from restaurants? Well, Chipotle is building pickup only stores. That's right. Exclusively for Chipotle lovers who order via their mobile app. So pick up on the rise. Number five on the 2023 trend report, the board is still big charcuterie boards and butter boards and bagel boards and build a board with whatever you like, their popularity continues to grow. So much so that on cue, a Boston-based company called Cured with a K is launching its second shop in New York. And they sort of bill themselves as the Chipotle of charcuterie. Now, It has an assembly line and you build a box essentially with cheeses and meats and it's the equivalent of charcuterie board in a box and it's hot. Now, I love to build a board at home. Just think uh, for the big game upcoming, a five foot guacamole board or how about peanut butter and bacon slathered across your kitchen table. Will you invite me over? I'd love it. Number six on the food trend report for 2023. Nostalgic foods, as I aforementioned, are back. From hand pies to pizza bagels, the big brands are tapping into nostalgia. So expect everything s'mores flavored, apple pie flavored everything, and more of those throwback flavors that we reminisce about. I happen to be very pleased about this. And number seven on the top seven trend predictions for the new year, look closely and you're going to notice more foods, and by the way, cleaning products as well, sold as powders and pastes. Now, consumer packaged goods, the companies that make them, they're using less water. To cut down on shipping costs, to cut down on greenhouse gas emissions, their packaging to conserve water. Case in point, Kellogg's recently released a Just Add Water cereal bowl. It's called an Insta Bowl. It contains powdered milk. And while their cereal doesn't come with water per se, if you add some of your own, you have a bowl of cereal in an instant. Pretty smart. I think. I haven't tasted it yet, but I'll let you know. And as for buzzwords for 2023, stay tuned for this year's big names. Are you ready? All right. Cabbage is the new kale. Woohoo. I'm happy about that. Churros are coming back even harder. Scallion pancakes will be big. You'll see croissant everything. Shiitake mushrooms... Oh, yes. And globally inspired barbecue everywhere. Oh, and by the way, the latte is out as of 2023, supposedly. You'll be ordering more macchiatos, say the expert. I love an espresso with a dollop of foam. So pour me one. I'm in. All right. That is the trend report for 2023. And oh, gosh, I hope they all come true. I really do. In food news this week, and this is some news you can use, Starbucks is kicking off the new year with its winter menu and all those cozy, lovely newcomers are nutty. This winter, the coffee chain introduces the all new pistachio cream cold brew. Now you heard me hopefully wax poetic about the chocolate cream cold brew. I had an addiction. I think i I'm going to fall in love with the pistachio cream cold brew. It is the latest addition to the Starbucks menu made with Starbucks cold brew vanilla syrup and topped with a silky pistachio cream, cold foam, and salted brown buttery sprinkles. Can I just have the sprinkles, please? (laughs) Also, among the returning sips, the pistachio latte, although um, that fights my latte is over trend, but... That pistachio latte is finished with salted brown butter topping, and it can be served hot iced or as a blended frappuccino. It's espresso with sweet pistachio. If you've had it, you must know that can't be bad. And that is some food news you can use. There's lots more insight and information, though, that you can use to kick off the year because coming up, I am delighted to tell you we are dishing on the Mayo Clinic's new diet book recently revised and in fact some really good insight to kick off the year in healthy style and vasuda vishwanath is here she's all about the vegetarian reset really focusing on changing the way you eat without denying yourself anything. And she's a delight, so please stay tuned. There is lots more delicious conversation in your radio this hour. Chef Jamie Gwen, be right back. Kicking off 2023 more mindfully, healthier, and deliciously, of course, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. If you want to change the way you eat and focus on healthy options, well, then listen here. Vasuda Vishwanath is a lifelong vegetarian and a passionate cook. And her journey into healthy eating started with a doctor's note about her elevated blood sugar. So she transformed the way she cooks to cut out excessive starch and sugar. And she says she's never felt better. She left a career in finance to write a cookbook and create We Ate Well. She grew up in India, now lives in New York City, and her cookbook Lease is all a buzz. Entitled The Vegetarian Reset, it celebrates a lifestyle where a foodie sensibility intersects with healthy eating. And we all are food lovers here. It solves the never ending dilemma that plant based eaters face. Is Life Really Fun When You Eat a Salad Every Day? Well, Vasuda is here to prove it. And the book is beautifully inspiring. Uh, Vasuda, I wish you a very happy new year, and I'm grateful that you're here to dish.
0: Happy new year, Chef Jamie. Thank, <laughs> thank you so you. much for having me on the show. And yes. thank you for that amazing introduction. Well, I'm well, now
1: well-deserved. You should be gushing. Well-deserved for sure. Um, I love that you have an, only because I love the word, not that you had a problem post, But you have a trilemma, you say. (laughs) I would like you to define the trilemma for us, please, because so many of us live in that state.
0: It is a mouthful, I know. (laughs) Uh, It's really just a simple but ambitious question that I pose to myself, Jamie. Can I be a foodie, a vegetarian, and eat healthy at the same time? You know, people often assume that if you're vegetarian, then you cannot be a foodie because you are doomed to eat salads forever, but we know that's not true. There's all sorts of delicious foods that vegetarians can eat, but at the same time, many of those options tend to revolve around refined carbs and added sugar. Now, does that mean that foodies cannot eat healthy? I think it's possible, and this book attempts to solve that puzzle that I call a culinary trilemma. It tries to find that sweet spot between being vegetarian, being a foodie, and being healthy.
1: And I think the word reset, Vasuda, is so impactful, especially at the start of the year, because we're motivated to make change, because we're committed to a fresh start, because I love the concept of new year, new you. And as long as you can continue it, you've lived a vegetarian lifestyle your whole life, very much steeped in the Indian culture, right? But you've yes. become very current in your cooking and I'll tell you, there are dishes in your book that reminded me of, oh, I can't forget to make shakshuka. Or, oh, look at this beautiful way to add Indian spices to a dish that I wouldn't have otherwise thought of. And I love that reset idea.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, that, that really was based on the experience that I had. Um, and I found that the thing about embracing a whole foods diet is that over time it leads to a lasting change in your preferences mm-hmm. that's why I call this a reset because that's what happened to me when I found which foods made me feel my best I yes. gravitated towards them mm-hmm. so today when I travel or eat a meal heavy in starch or sugar I don't worry too much because I start craving healthy food <laughs> for my next meal And high quality whole foods, I think, really just reset your palate and your preferences and then your body. Um, It's certainly what happened to me. And I hope uh, my readers get to experience it as well.
1: And I love that you're sharing your story. I'll tell you, I, I mean, I eat for a living. And come the end of the year, and as we embark on a new year, I do crave a clean meal. And I know that I have felt better over the last few days, even eating better at the start of the new year. You, and I think this is something so important. You say there is no need to banish refined carbs and sugar from your diet forever. It's more about the moderation. And your zucchini bread is a perfect example of that, right? We had a a banana bread escapade over the past few years. Uh, (laughs) The trend continues Um, But the simplest ingredients making this loaf of comfort transformed to a vegetarian concept is really a testament to the fact that you can eat more mindfully and healthier and still have the things that you love.
0: Absolutely. I am not in favor of banishing anything because I think it just makes people crave that thing more. But I am in favor of trying new things and experimenting and um, really learning how to cook vegetables with flavor
1: Mm.
0: and using minimally processed ingredients when possible. Yes. Because those things really make your taste buds and your palate come alive. And um, I really think my taste buds have gotten more and more finely attuned to what I'm eating Um, It's to me now, the food is not about, you know, the white rice or the pasta anymore. It's it's really about the flavor. It's about the rich sauces. It's about when you talk about the zucchini bread, it has this um, savory flavor. You know, most zucchini breads are sweet. Mm -hmm. And this one, I wanted it to be savory like sandwich loaf. So um, I think when you just start trying... um, and eating more and more uh, whole foods and cooking more, you just end up uh, wanting to eat more of them. Yes. And when when you do go out, you know, or you go to a birthday, by all means, eat that cake. It's yeah. Christmas. Right. Yes,
1: it's okay. <laughs> and thank you for, for justifying it for us, because I do believe in that. I believe three bites of chocolate cake satiates my chocolate cake craving. And if I deny myself it then I'll eat the entire cake. I wonder, um, because you and I um, share a love of a um, three-year-old, your daughter, my son. I wonder, are you raising your three-year-old vegetarian?
0: I am. Um, Good for you. My whole family and my husband have been uh, vegetarian for generations, Hmm. as many in India and Southeast Asia are. And, you know, it's not really something that, I considered very much growing up. That's just how it was. And I never really felt deprived. Um, at the same time, I don't have really an issue with animal products, especially today. There are so many well-raised, sustainable options available. So yes. I would love for her to make that choice herself. though.
1: Oh, good for you. Does she love a cheese boat? Because I can't wait to make it. Can you, can you say the name for me? indian inspired oh the kachapuri kachapuri okay the first recipe i will make
0: (laughs) yeah that's actually a georgian flatbread and i hope i've done justice to it because um it's really one of the most craveable things that you can eat Mm. um and my daughter loves cheese in any form oh so does my Um, son so yes that would go go down really
1: easy please stay tuned there is lots more delicious conversation in your radio this hour chef jamie gwen be right back If you've just tuned in, you're late because we're dishing with Vasuda Vishwanath. Her debut cookbook takes you on a trip around the world, inspired from the global cuisine that she loves, foods that are rich in vegetables, legumes, healthy fat. It is called The Vegetarian Reset. And um, I would love if you would talk about um, the North African origin Tajin. Um, and the idea of a tagine with lemon herb rice, there's something very satisfying to me about the heartiness of uh, the flavors associated with a tagine. And one of my resolutions, Wasuda, is to incorporate more global cuisine into my home kitchen this year, um, incorporating flavors from around the world. And so um, this dish of yours definitely inspires me. Oh,
0: thank you. Uh, that's definitely one of my favorites um, I think I first tried a tagine in uh, a Moroccan restaurant here in New York And um, and then I was actually really struck at the spices that were used When I asked about them in the restaurant They talked about coriander and cumin and turmeric and black pepper And um, a lot of these spices are used really heavily in Indian cooking too Mm-hmm so, you know, for me, it resembled like this hearty too that I would make myself at home. And um, but but the twist to the ingredients there is the preserved lemon mm. in the recipe that really imparts that really unique flavor. Yes. And uh, one of my colleagues uh, in, in my old job had talked about how he would started making them himself at home. Uh, because he was never satisfied with the store-bought version. So I tried it as well, and uh, it really, really made a difference.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, this dish is, well, not always, but often, at least when I've had it, it's served with couscous, mm. and that couscous is um, flavored with uh, herbs and and has a lemony taste as well. So yeah, I just took that flavor and... Uh, put it in my cauliflower rice, mm. which actually takes on that flavor really well, yeah, while absorbs. at the same time it keeps it light. Yeah, love it. And um, you get an added serving of vegetables with that meal.
1: I can't wait to make it. It looks so delicious. Uh, in Indian style, you make uh, mac and cheese uh, with paneer. I will tell you, I love Indian food. And that is the first dish I order at an Indian restaurant. Uh, There is something about the cheese enrobed in sauce that feels very luxurious to me, Vasuda. Like, it's craveable.
0: I hear you. (laughs) Um, I think most of us have the same reaction when you think about uh, paneer and and that flavorful and rich tomato sauce. And um, this dish, I think most people would not expect to see it in uh, a healthy book. But I think it's healthy because it does have a lot of protein coming from, from the cheese and the paneer. Uh, and at the same time, it's something that you're supposed to eat with the zucchini bread. Or maybe you could spoon it over uh, some spiralized vegetables used as noodles. Oh, nice. And um, for me, this, this whole idea of merging um, or fusing Indian flavors with international flavors... That's some. That's a really deep influence that goes back to my growing up years in India, where, you know, international cuisine uh, was uh, quite prevalent even back then in the 90s, but um, generally Indians tend to go heavier on the spice. So every Italian dish, every Mexican dish, every Chinese dish would have a generous dose of spices or what they call masala added. And so, you know, it wasn't real Italian, it was Indo-Italian, or it was Indo-Chinese. And I really loved that kind of food growing up. And uh, that is the influence that you see in many of these recipes, including this uh, paneer macne and cheese. Mm.
1: And I love that you take paneer to a new level as well. You make gnocchi with it and yes. take your Indian roots and add a, a very um, Italian-inspired pesto approach to it. That looks luscious too. I think that y- your style of cooking and, and what you've elevated the vegetarian reset to is a, a newfound look at how you can take ingredients you love or deeply rooted in your culinary culture and create whole new dishes that are unexpectedly delicious.
0: I'm so glad you found that interesting. It is probably the most experimental thing that I did in this book. Hmm. Um, I watched this video hmm. on YouTube about how to make gnocchi. I'd never made gnocchi before. And i say, you know, let's, let's think about what I could replace that potato with. Right. And... Well, I came up with paneer, and this was one of those experiments that just turned out perfectly the first time. Oh, lucky! <laughs> and um, and I feel like you know this is something that most people might be intimidated to try, but um, it's certainly worth that shot because you get uh, you know high protein gnocchi. Mm. What's not to love?
1: Yeah, what's not to love? Exactly. And then leave us with um, a sweet note, please. I, like you, would like my brownies served with a spoon. The fudgier, mm-hmm. the better. And that hazelnut brownie that you make looks incredible.
0: I love that one, too. <laughs> I, um, I'm i a huge, um, well, at least in my childhood, I ate a lot of Nutella. Yes. And um, there's just something about that hazelnut flavor uh, that, when, when I started to think about this dish, I said, all right, I've I got to find a way to get that in. Mm-hmm. And the thing about all of my desserts in this book is that they are naturally sweetened yes. with whole fruit. Yeah. And none of them are very sweet. They're lightly sweet, but they're all extremely satiating. Mm-hmm. And this brownie, I um, use dates. So I immerse dates in hot water, let them get soft, uh, and then grind them and use the date paste to sweeten the brownie. There's no sugar added, Hmm. and it's made with almond flour and hazelnut butter to give you that uh, hint of Nutella. Of course. And um, I think, you know, it's a a brownie that is actually guilt-free, and uh, I would eat it as a I would eat it as dessert. Um, and um, it's something that has become a staple in my freezer. Oh. It freezes really well, too. Oh,
1: fabulous. Now you have everybody making it. Um, I can't wait. I think the book is beautifully inspiring. And as you continue through We Ate Well, and by the way, Vasudha's handle, the letter V, the number eight, well, uh, We Ate Well, as you continue to... Uh, mindfully, joyfully, sustainably share um, health and wellness ideas. Um, you've done a beautiful job expressing it in the vegetarian reset. Um, I know, as I mentioned to you, I am looking to add more global cuisine and healthier dishes into my diet this year. And this is a reset for a plant forward palate uh, that you really need to check out. It's entitled The Vegetarian Reset, Low-Carb, Plant-Forward Recipes from Around the World, written by Vasuda Vishwanath. Uh, it is so fabulously full of flavor um, that I think it is um, perfectly fit for any food lover, congratulations to you, Vasuda. It's a, it's a beautiful labor of love, and it comes through on every page.
0: Thank you so much, yes. Chef Jamie, for those kind words. Yeah. Uh, I really, really enjoyed our chat and connecting you. with your audience on this show.
1: Well, thank you and, kindly.
0: Uh, I hope they um, check out the book.
1: Yes, of of course they will. We um, we will feel fully nourished. I know. And I thank you, Vasuda so much. We do have great culinary thinkers on this show as we embark on a new year of mindful, healthy, delicious eating. I hope you'll stay tuned. There's lots more fabulous food in your radio right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen, don't go away. Jeff Jamie Gwen in your radio. Welcome back. If you resolve to get healthy in 2023, there is expert advice to kickstart that focus and stay on track for your journey voted the number one best diet program by U.S. News and World Report. I am a Mayo Clinic fan, always have been, always will be. And I am delighted that Dr. Donald Hensrud is here, a specialist in nutrition and weight weight management, the director of the Mayo Clinic Healthy Living Program, here to highlight the new release, the third edition of the Mayo Clinic Diet to reshape your life with science-based habits. A very happy New Year to to you doctor thank you for being here
2: oh happy to be here happy new year <laughs> to you also well
1: thank you kindly uh could you for so many of us that look to the mayo clinic for uh sage advice could you highlight for us what separates out the mayo clinic philosophy from the other diets out there
2: well as you mentioned we try and give practical and reliable evidence uh, information to people so they can make good Uh, decisions regarding their health. The Mayo Clinic diet is more than a diet. It's an evidence-based lifestyle change program. The reason we chose the term diet is because that's how people look for information on weight management, but it's much more than that. It's based on the concept of calorie density, and by consuming generous amounts of fresh or frozen fruits and vegetables, people can not only manage their weight but improve their health. To illustrate how this works, there's the same amount of calories in one and a third sticks of butter as there is in 10 or 11 heads of lettuce, or 35 cups of green beans. Now, nobody is going to eat that amount.
1: No, but I love statistics.
2: (laughs) There you go. And by focusing on minimally processed foods, mostly plants, with healthier choices in the other food groups, such as whole grains, carbohydrates, Mm -hmm. lean sources of protein and dairy, heart-healthy fats like nuts, olive oil, avocados, people can better manage their weight and improve their health. And most importantly... They can feel good about it. Many people say that I was feeling better when I weighed less, when I was eating better. Yes.
1: Oh, I feel that way. I feel better after a healthy meal. As much as from a chef's perspective, I eat for a living. I can tell you I love my indulgences. But there is um, a very real concept to me for the fresh start at the start of the year where, you know, roasted chicken and, and beautiful broccoli tastes good. And I feel good about the meal that I made and my body feels good. One of the things I love about referencing Mayo Clinic as a resource is the psychology backed principles. And at the start of the new revised Mayo Clinic diet book, there's a really interesting chapter about adding habits and it makes it feel very simple and doable, right? Like you talked about the fruits and the vegetables, adding a healthy breakfast, but not too much. Those are really simple approaches to make a
2: change. That's exactly right. We've sorted through a lot of the evidence uh, that we could find and put it in a package where it's easy to understand for people. And many people approach that this time of year with goals of uh, exercising two hours a day and going on a very restricted diet. It doesn't have to be. Drudgery, people do it the right way. It can be and should be practical, realistic, and enjoyable, and therefore more sustainable than New Year's resolutions. Yes. So uh, I think we're on the same page with that that uh, eating well can be part of a, a healthy lifestyle plan.
1: For sure, and everything in moderation has always been my motto. Um, I can't promise you I will give up chocolate cake. I don't want to do that. But my 3 bite rule seems to work for me. And you figure out what works best in this lifestyle approach to better your health, right? Now, on the flip side of those add-to suggestions, you have the avoids. And those were really interesting to me, I'll tell you. Um, avoiding TV while eating, Uh <laughs> Definitely, yeah, definitely something we can all relate to where you get consumed with what you're watching or technology and, you know, all of a sudden the whole bowl is gone.
2: <laughs> that's exactly right. And that's why we put that in there. So you're talking about the loser phase where we throw the kitchen sink at people. We ask them to change 15 habits suddenly. Some of them are straightforward. Eat breakfast, eat fruits and vegetables. There's no counting calories or anything in this phase. It's getting people to start changing habits. That was the most difficult one for people in our pilot program was Mm. no eating while watching TV, and you can only watch as much TV as the amount of time you spend in physical activity. We're not telling people not to do it, but just don't mindlessly munch.
1: Thank you for the insight, for the motivation. Uh, This is a really uh, well-done, revised edition The number one New York Times bestselling book, The Mayo Clinic Diet, is adding a fresh approach for a fresh new year, a healthy diet you can live with for life. Um, And it's really a a fascinating read, uh, written by and expert noted by Dr. Donald Hensrud. You will find uh, this New York Times bestseller available now in its third edition, Dr. Hensrud, thank you for the insight. We very much appreciate your more than 20 years of experience and your uh, expertise. And uh, I will continue to follow. So thank you once again for sharing your passion. Thank you
2: very much for having me. Yeah, pleasure. Have a great year.
1: And so that brings us to the end of an hour of delicious conversation. And I hope you thought so. If you're hungry for more, I'm serving it up every weekend in your radio because this is where we sip and savor, where knowledge and inspiration are shared for food lovers around the world. I hope to see you on social at Chef Jamie Gwen and at chefjamie.com, but don't go yet. Let me leave you with my last bite, my last ounce or tidbit of culinary conversation for the hour. Who doesn't love a warm salad dressing? Doesn't that conjure up memories of the best spinach salad you ever had, rich with bacon? Well, if you want to lean it up a little bit this January, I have a warm maple dressing that I think beautifully enrobes spinach or kale or cabbage and more. And if you throw in just some apple slices, some toasted pistachios, and some crumbled feta... You have a really brilliant salad. Top it with your favorite protein and feel good about what you ate. Here's what you do. You combine uh, in uh, your blender or using an immersion blender, balsamic vinegar, maple syrup, Dijon mustard, honey, smoked paprika, salt, pepper, and olive oil. And once it's blended, you pour it into a small skillet and you heat it just until it begins to simmer about a minute. And then you pour it over that beautiful salad and oh, so good. I will post the recipe on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. And I will meet you here next weekend when I guarantee there is lots more fabulous food to be shared in your radio. I thank you for listening. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off and I hope you continue to eat well.